0: Welcome to Revoicing the Future, a Women of Nam podcast presented by AKG. Just as one revoices a chord, revoicing the future creates a completely new perspective on the invaluable notes that make up the whole. It will uplift women's voices in the music products industry, which have earned their time to be the root of the chord. Once a month, you can catch productive and valuable conversations with women working in manufacturing, retail, the nonprofit sector, music education, touring, and overall women who inspire us. Together, we can help shape the future of our industry, one interval at a time. This podcast is co-produced and edited by Natalie Morrison, Stephanie Lamond, and Julia Olson. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Revoicing the Future. I'm your host, Natalie Morrison, and I'm here with Stephanie. Hello. <laughs> I feel like every time that you come on here, I'm like trying to think of other ways to introduce you. I know,
1: <laughs> but it's fine. Yeah, and I always am trying to find a new way to respond. Because I feel like I'm always just like, hello, I'm back. It's it, me. with like a slightly
0: different vocal inflection. But I always go the high pitched route because I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm so excited for you to be here. I'm excited too. I'm not talking to myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: though you are very good at it, so it's fine.
0: Thanks. It takes
1: a million takes though, of me being like mm-hmm. Julia, go. <laughs> Shout out to Julia, always making a sound, tip-tap. Yes, she's probably always laughing whenever she edits these good words.
0: Oh, yeah. Anyway, happy Women's History Month. woo Happy Women's History Month to you as well. And belated International Women's Day, because this is coming out a week after the fact. Mm. Girl power. Girl power. The theme this year for
1: International Women's Day is embrace equity, which is exciting. And so this is for all of it, too. This is like the entire International Women's Day theme. So I thought that was kind of cool. It is cool. And we should let everybody in in our pre-conversation probably today. We we were talking about this. And I was like, Natalie, I have the best metaphor. (laughs) I will talk about this um, (laughs) when we record for Equity. And she was like, great. So I went down a rabbit hole. And this is for everybody. A wonderful teaching moment as we think about what equity is heading into this International Women's Day month. So, my metaphor that I learned in college was right, this photo that I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with. It's three people standing at a fence watching a baseball game, and they're all varying in height. So, the point is that equality is giving everybody the same size box to try to see over the fence, but some people are still too short to see over, some are still like stretch it a little bit. One guy is super fine. So equity is giving everybody different size boxes or multiple boxes, et cetera, so that everybody is seeing over the fence in the same way. And then there's often a third that justice is tearing down the fence or moving any barrier in the first place. So that's a whole thing. I looked it up to make sure I had the right metaphor and was greeted with a million articles telling me this has evolved. And it is absolutely fascinating because white supremacy is insidious and absolutely everywhere. We're just breathing this air and we don't even think about it. So This is a great example of this. This is a very flawed metaphor because it's putting the fault on the individual rather than the environment. Like it's the person that's short versus anything else. And so there's a lot of updated graphics that people are starting to use now where it's more that they're standing on a sloping hill rather than someone that's short. So it reflects that the environment is the thing that is flawed. You are put in a situation where you're not on stable ground, has nothing to do with the individual. And so in this model, it's that there's sloping ground. People are given the right amount of boxes to be able to see over the fence. That is equity. Reflecting the ground, not the person. And justice for that third one is still a thing and everybody's tearing it down and it's cute. But just what a great reminder to question everything, right? Seriously. (laughs) Like incredible. So, I mean, as we think about equity for this, there's a lot to unpack with what it means to be a woman around the world this March in 2023. That's so true. It's wild. So that's going to mean something different for everybody and how we can lean into it, embrace it. That's your homework assignment for those who are listening. Yeah. How are you going to embrace equity? And share it. Share it with us. We can all do the the dang thing. Especially just
0: like this past year of just current events and what we've oh, seen. Yeah. Even here.
1: My first thought was like with the Iran stuff. Yeah. And and that. But my second thought now that you say that is literally just being a woman in the United States. So like mm-hmm. it's just it's just different. <laughs> it's all very. But I guess right, that's equity. That's that everybody's on a different part of the slope. And we gotta attack each slope in the way that it needs attacking. Um so yeah, let's think about how we can be great to our our sisters all all trying to just exist and, you know, live live authentic, great lives, and how we can support everybody in that. Dear listeners, means we will be embracing equity. Beautifully said, Steph. And actually that leads us to a bunch of stuff that we're doing, right? I know. Tell us more about what's coming up. Well, the NAM show is next month. Woohoo! We're back. And we have
0: some very exciting events that everyone should A, write down in your calendar or put it in your iPhone, however you keep your schedule. And B, show up. <laughs> the first event we're so excited for this we're so excited thursday the thursday of the show at 3 p.m in the member center revoicing the future is presenting a really fun session called envisioning the music industry of tomorrow and it's just
1: it's very different from everything that we've done it's gonna be so great you should just come You should just come. We're gonna be just like talking to each other and all of you audience participation, everyone's gonna be talking to each other and brainstorming and just it's gonna be awesome. And we're gonna leave with a bunch of new friends and it's gonna be great. I know we're thinking too much about what we're gonna wear, which is just kind of fun though, like power suit.
0: I know, but that's important. What you gotta really
1: important. You gotta feel your most authentic, powerful self. Yes, 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 yes. Which is going to tie in with our theme. So everybody come dressed in whatever makes you feel stoked. And we will be doing a lot of, uh, a lot of workshopping, a lot of, a lot of sessioning. <laughs> so sessioning. <exciting>. Sessioning. <laughs> sessioning.
0: <laughs> so yeah, kickstart your Nam show with us, Revoice mm-hmm. in the Future. Good intentions. Mm-hmm. And Julia is also going to be there with us. So whoop, whoop. the whole podcast team. And then Friday, come back. At 6 p.m. in the Hilton because Women of NAM's networking happy hour is happening. So, for an mm-hmm. hour, come mingle with people of Women of NAM, meet friends, you know, just
1: hang. It's a great, great time. And allies, welcome too. Tracy came last year, had a great time, met a Saw a woman he worked with like five years ago. Yes, my husband doesn't even work in the music industry, and he,
0: I forgot like, about that. Oh my yeah, god!
1: and it was awesome. So, just you never know who you're going to see. Everybody's welcome and support a support a fun group of gals. Come one, come all, come all. And then finally,
0: if you want to hear Steph and I speak again, <laughs> we're going to be on a panel called "Women Behind the Mic," that is moderated by the amazing Laura Davidson. And we are going to be sharing this stage with Laura Whitmore and Mickey Angeline what of the panel? Women's International
1: what? Music Network.
0: What a panel of pals. So exciting.
2: I'm so stoked.
0: It's just great. So that's at 3 p.m. It's a tech track on Friday.
1: So mark it down, y'all. <laughs> be there. Or, I mean, you know, if you don't need to, but we'd love to see you there. <laughs> no pressure, but we'd be stoked. Yes. Very appreciated. It's stacked. It's going to be fun. And we're excited. A lot of great conversations. It's going to be fun to be all together again. The gathering at the crossroads. Ugh. And what a year of change. It's going to be a big, cool, like big last hurrah off or Papa Joe. Beautiful. It's exciting. A lot of new chapters starting. So be there or be square. Woohoo! Anyway. We do have an episode for you all to listen to today. We do.
0: Tell us more, Natalie. Tell us more. I got the chance to sit down and speak to Jennifer Dusold, who is the general manager of Brighton Music Center in the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area. And she and I talked a lot about becoming a manager at 23, how she's tackling imposter syndrome and how she's grown the business through viral TikTok videos. Like, what?
1: Yeah. some real Gen Z stuff. That's incredible. I know. I need to learn about that.
0: It's super cool. We also talked about working intergenerationally because now we have like essentially three generations all in the workforce with very different mindsets.
1: (laughs) Completely, completely. That is fascinating. Yeah. That's cool. Oh, I can't wait to hear what she runs into with that in her corner of the industry.
2: Yeah.
1: It's going to be great. She's awesome,
0: and and she said that she's been listening to us since the very beginning. Oh, stop it! Stop and now it. that she's on it, oh, it's just a very like heartwarming moment. Anyway,
1: <laughs> all good vibes. We're just all good vibes today, everybody.
0: I know, as we should be. Women's Month. Happy International Women's Day. Happy Women's History Month. We'll see you at the NAMM show. Yeah. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. Woohoo!
1: Woohoo! Much love!
0: Hi Jen, welcome to the podcast. Happy Women's History Month, International Women's Day, belated, because this is coming out a week
2: later. Woohoo! Woohoo! Happy International Women's Month. So excited to have you on the podcast. Me too. Yo, listen, whenever you sent me that text, I was so excited because I have been listening to this podcast for like a really long time. And um, everybody on it has been super great. And I'm just really excited to talk and chat and share my story.
0: Oh, you're so sweet.
2: People actually listen, guys. (laughs) They do. (laughs) (laughs) Or at least
0: I do. I love it. Oh, that means so much. So, and I'm just excited because you've like, You've listened to these conversations and now like you can bring your own perspective. So I think it's great. And I'm really excited about the different topics that we're diving in today because we're diving into some new territory here. So Mm -hmm. excited to get our hands into it. I'm here for it. Yeah. Let's just give everyone the gen overview. Who are you? What do you do? What's your story? Where are you working?
2: So... (laughs) My life. Um, no, my name is Jen Dusold, and I am the general manager of Brighton Music Center uh, currently. And so we're just a full combo, um, full retail uh, music store in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We got two locations. And so I've been at Brighton Music Center for about six years now. And it's been a lot. I've been moving fast. <laughs> so pretty much how I got my start because this has been my only job in music retail, Mm. or even just like the music industry in general. I came into it like just fresh out of college. In college, I was kind of directionless because I was this wannabe music teacher, but also want to do other things with music. And then I was like, no, wait, I don't want to do a job in teaching. Where do I go? So, (laughs) And I knew there were so many different options for me. I was just so over my head. I didn't know where to go, what to do. Yeah, So I eventually, I left college, went back to my hometown, uh, moved back in with my family. And then my sister tagged me in a post on Bright Music Center's Facebook page (laughs) that said, we are looking to hire a full-time salesperson, also somebody who can do our social media. And so my sister tagged me in it. And then the owner, Richard, who I knew from before because I went to high school with his son. So he'd always been around. And the owner, he messaged back. He was like, if Jen is looking for a job, tell her to call me right now. So So I called him up. I went in, had a little interview, and he said, when can you start? And six years later, here we are today. (laughs) Wow. Oh my gosh, it's so funny from a Facebook post. It's like It's almost
0: as if it's like the new craigslist because i've like talked to a couple people before who like saw jobs on craigslist and
2: yeah no facebook it does well with that but also there's so much clutter now that's a whole other discussion (laughs) we can just skip over that entirely did you mention what your instrument was in school no yeah i started playing flute way back when in fifth grade little flute player. <laughs> and um, no, really stuck with it. Then joined marching band. Of course, I was like the biggest band nerd you could ever meet. <laughs> I wanted to do all the activities and um my high school band, since I was a flute player, I couldn't be in jazz band because they didn't really have regular flute parts. Mm. So my senior year, I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this. Give me a trombone. Let me learn how to play it. And I played trombone three in, in jazz band. So I
0: love that. I really
2: wanted to do everything.
0: That's amazing. Did you do DCI with the trombone too? Or did you just stick with oh, the flute? No. no,
2: no, no. Yeah, no, I was terrible <laughs> at trombone. <laughs> so bad at You trombone. just wanted to be in jazz band. It was actually a valve trombone too. So it wasn't even a real trombone. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. No DCI for me. So with all my band stuff, I was drum major my sophomore through senior year in high school. I also did um our indoor percussion unit, so like mm. our marching indoor stuff. That was a lot of fun, and then in college I decided to join a WGI percussion group. Oh, cool. So, yeah, that was like the competitive marching that I did. I never did DCI because again, terrible of breaths. <laughs> And then also I played cymbals in the indoor percussion group. There's only like a handful of cymbal lines in DCI. Yeah. So sad stuff there. But instead, I, in my summers, teach at the Drum Major Academy, George Park's Drum Major uh, Academy. Yes, that's what you do. Okay. Yeah. Now
0: it's all coming back. I was like, I knew you were involved in some sort of like drum major drum corps thing.
2: Yes. Something with the word drum in it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. That's but awesome yeah. though. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And I've been doing that ever since I started as like the the student staff. It's going to go on 10 years this summer. So yeah, that's a lot of fun. And what's really cool with that group, I feel like I develop professionally as an educator, as a manager, the most from that week, because I get to meet new people and new faces, like some of the best educators in the country, best music educators, or just educators in general. There's so many different professions who teach there. And it's just a wild ride. And I learned so much within like four or five days from those other people.
0: Yeah. And it's essentially a leadership intensive. So no matter if you're a student or like an instructor, you're still going to get so much out of it.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I think I probably learn more than the kids.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. We probably have like mutual friends who have like cross paths during like drum major academy and stuff oh yeah they're, they're everywhere yeah they're everywhere <laughs> <laughs> you can't escape them yeah no. anyway moving on uh, well not really moving on but you started at Brighton Music when you were 23 years old so oh, yeah. yeah oh I relate to this um So you recently wrote an amazing Music Inc. article, which I will link for other people to read. And you talked a little bit about imposter syndrome and that's a big topic. Um, A lot of women struggle with imposter syndrome. I struggle with it. So as you've moved through your years working in management, what helped you navigate through it? We'll start there.
2: Oh, yeah. So, so many things, but the... The biggest thing that really helped me navigate through it was the people that I surrounded myself with, whether it be coworkers, colleagues, friends. I just surrounded myself with good people and I knew that we had good people on our staff too. Mm. That even though I felt that way internally, it was just something that just kept creeping up, especially whenever I was so young. And even though I felt that way I would always know this person can help me out with this. I could always reach out and go, hey, tell me what you know about guitars, please. Just fill me with information. (laughs) And I knew that I didn't have to be the expert at that because I'm not a guitar player. I don't need to know everything about them, even though I am now a manager because I knew I had good people around me That could help with that. Uh, You know, as a good leader, as a good manager, you just surround yourself with people who are better than you.
0: Yeah. I really like that perspective because not everyone is going to be the best at everything, nor should you be. That's why, like, everyone has their unique strengths and, like, the best team is the ones that, like, feed off of each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you still see it creep through, like, your everyday? Oh, yeah. 100%. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Not like every single day, no, but it yeah. does still creep through, especially whenever I have new challenges or just new situations that I'm, I'm dealing with at work. It will still start to creep in and be like, oh, are you sure you're really the right person for this? Are you sure you're doing the right thing? And it's like, no, I am. This is just something new. It's uncomfortable. So I just have to change the situation. I just have to move on and change it and make it better. So totally it still does creep up. It never really dissipates, which sucks, but you know, it's just something we have to deal with. Yeah. I've read an
0: article. This came up in one of the deep dives, recent deep dives. I think the article was something like, we need to stop telling women they have imposter syndrome. And I was like, whoa. And I read the entire article. I'll have to send it to you. Cause it was just, it was
2: by the Harvard business review or whatever. And it was just, whoa. Yeah. I would love to read that because honestly, I didn't even know the phrase imposter syndrome until I listened to, I don't know if it was a podcast or YouTube video, but I didn't even know that phrase. And I was like, wow, I really relate to that. Do I need to relate to it? I don't know. but (laughs) I don't know if I need to or not, because I understand, in my mind, I understand that, that is a feeling that I have and that I tend to latch onto sometimes, but man. That's so
0: interesting that you're saying that too. I told my mom once, yeah, like I have, like sometimes I have imposter syndrome and she's like, what's that? And I'm like, whoa. And sometimes maybe I think it might be a clutch that some of us like lean on as a, oh, you just have imposter syndrome. Like you'll get over it kind of thing. Almost it's like a diagnosis for a
2: Not a sickness or anything, but it's giving you a reason for why you're feeling the way that you're feeling. Right. Yeah. It does make it a little bit tangible. So you can go, okay, I see it. I understand it. I realize it. But I don't know. Yeah. It's just such a hot topic, an interesting topic to talk about.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll send you that article. And I'll also link the article in the description (laughs) for other people who want to read it as well. Because I think just the entire conversation about imposter syndrome is just really fascinating and how people navigate it is very different. So now, like, you've been in this job for six years. If you could tell your 23-year-old self when you were offered this, what would you say to her now and why?
2: I would definitely tell her to slow it down. (laughs) Just put on the brakes a little bit and enjoy the ride, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I did have a tendency to just want to do everything all at once and then work on so many different projects or just I had so many ideas that I wanted to move on to that it got so overwhelming for me at points so I would definitely tell her hey take it easy you'll be okay you'll get it done it's all right you have great ideas (laughs) they'll happen in due time
0: yeah you have it all the time in the world. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's easier said than done. I tell myself this all the time, too. But then like, the person inside of me is like, no,
2: you got to do X, Y, and Z. My brain oh, just yeah. like doesn't turn off ever. We're just highly motivated people. But sometimes that that high motivation can just be such, such a block in our way. But that's why I think you and I work
0: really well together. Spoiler alert, Jen and I serve on the NAMYP board together. Yeah, we do. And we're on the marketing committee. So all those social posts and graphics (laughs) you see in, that's us. (laughs) And Erin Kessler. (laughs) Yes. We all have these amazing ideas, but we have to rein it in a little bit, I guess. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to other women who might struggle with it? Like any tips that have worked for you? Because it's not like a Mm one-size-fits-all kind of conversation.
2: Definitely. If you're ever feeling that I do not belong. Why do I have this position? I'm not qualified for it. And on and on. Just realize and think about you know the people that put you into that place for a reason. I often mm-hmm. think about my bosses that they saw something in me and decided to make me a manager at 23. And that kind of baffles my mind. But they did that for a reason. It's because you have a certain skill set that they saw that could grow and that could accomplish great things. So just know there are people who look at you and go, you're right for this. You do
0: belong. Sometimes taking the risk is going to be worth the reward later down the line kind of situation. Absolutely. Even if you feel a little uncomfortable, that's what pushes you to grow.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. Make the uncomfortable your new comfortable. Yeah, if you're in an uncomfortable situation, just change it. Change it to make it comfortable or just change it for the better.
0: Someone also told me that if you're too comfortable, you're doing it wrong. Like you always need to have a little bit of uncomfortableness in the work that you do in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. Like if you're feeling really uncomfortable and you're not happy or whatever, like obviously change that situation. But if you're too comfortable, that means you're not going to grow mm-hmm. as much as you can. So, truth. I'm excited about this next question because on the podcast we've talked about different personality traits, so obviously you have the introverts and you have the extroverts and I'm pulling this again from your article because I thought it was just so beautifully written but um you're pretty vocal about being an introvert, so how do you manage your quote unquote introvertness in your job as a store manager and how do you apply that when you attend? conferences and trade shows and you're more public facing. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. It's something that I battled for a while because I think in any band situation, let's say just marching band, because you know, number one nerd right here, <laughs> you could pin me as the most extroverted person on that field. No doubt. I was just always the person that had like the most hype here for it. But day to day stuff, you know, I just closed myself off a little bit and I'm like, you know what? I'm good. enough social interaction for me. I don't always have to be the loudest person in the room. I don't have to have the loudest voice everywhere. And part of that is having a light switch. Whenever I'm on the sales floor, I'm talking to either customers or the staff. It's this light switch that I just turn on and go, okay, I'm ready now. It's not like another personality or like I'm not being my genuine self, but it is just, I need to... Be that outgoing person for these people that I'm interacting with. So that way they can get the most out of this interaction. That's awesome. Yeah. Whenever I go to trade shows or other conferences and stuff, that's a little more tricky for me because that is approaching people that I don't know. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) it's approaching people that I don't know. They don't know me. They're not coming into the store for something that they need. So it's very uncharted territory for me most times, but it's that light switch that I just kind of like have to hype myself up in my head and go, okay, just put out your hand and say, hi, my name is Jen. And that's it. That's all you got to do. And then the conversation just flows from there.
0: (laughs) I like the little hype person in your head. It's like, you got this like, you got it. It's okay. Just go say hi. I'm the same way.
2: Yeah. In a group conversation, I'm in the conversation. I may not say a lot. Um, I may be super quiet, but I am looking at eye contact, direction, just really focusing in. But I don't, say a lot. There's a lot of times where in the back of my head, I go, I hope they don't think I'm ignoring them or not part of this conversation. But you know, as long as you're in it and you know you've made some kind of personal connection, introverts, you're going to be okay. You're going to be all right. That's so fascinating that you're
0: describing that because I do that all the time. I'm someone who I'm always listening. If I'm in a group setting, I listen at first, I take everything in, and then I give my thoughts or opinions or I have to sit with it a little bit longer and I'll come back to you eventually. Mm-hmm. But then in my head, I'm like, oh my God, am I saying enough? Or it's just
2: that little voice in the side of me that goes like, come on, Natalie, get it together. Are <laughs> you going to chime in anytime soon? It's like, I mean, yes, but in my mind, it's like I will chime into a conversation whenever I have something to contribute and to actually make a point. yeah. And that's what I think is so different about introverts and extroverts is extroverts. They're obviously, a lot of the times, just like Raptifier has something to say, will carry the conversation. I love that. Almost my whole family are extroverts. So <laughs> <laughs> it's great. But yeah, they'll just carry that. And then, you know, me, myself, I just sit back and I go, all right, I'm waiting. Good point. And then we can move on. <laughs> so...
0: I call myself like an introverted extrovert because I need the space to recharge, which is why I love living by myself because I can come home from work and I don't have to talk to anyone. Like I can just lounge on the couch and just watch TV and just recharge my battery. But then when I need to be on, like I'm on, I'm ready for it. Or if I'm comfortable in my environment, then I'm pretty extroverted. So when I say that to people, they're like, what? In college, I was so quiet. Everyone was like,
2: Who is this girl? (laughs) Who is this? What does she sound like? (laughs) Do you ever get into the situation where you feel like you're feeding off of other people's energy too? Like you may not want to go out, you may not want to be social, but you're around the right group of people and you go, Okay, this is a good energy. I'm in it. And then you become just like a little bit more (laughs) introverted, a little bit more social with the group. And then later at night you're just okay, I'm done. I need all the quiet. Yeah. Oh yeah. All the time. I do that so much. I literally feed off of the energy of the other people in the room, just trying to match it. Because then you
0: don't want people to be like, is she okay? Sometimes I'm still quiet and that's just how I am and I'm totally fine. But then you get the people are like, are you okay? Like what's going on? I'm fine. I'm just
2: enjoying myself. (laughs) It's a good time. Yeah. We're here. We're all smiles.
0: As like an introvert store manager though, like does it get like very overwhelming sometimes? Do you ever
2: have the feeling that you need to
0: excuse yourself for a second and like recharge and then go back out and
2: continue on? Sometimes it definitely did at first. Mm. Whenever I was even just like a regular sales associate, whenever it was rental season, because that's our funnest time of the year. Of course. (laughs) Yeah. Whenever it came about like that time of year, it was a lot. And I remember other staff too, they need to take a moment, go outside, breathe some fresh air, come back in. And we would trade a little bit on that. But nowadays, not so much because I think I'm more comfortable in it Mm. and I know how to pace myself throughout the day. And so I can't be this excited, outgoing person with every family and every kid that comes through the door. Like I need to pace myself out a little bit on that energy. Of course. That makes sense.
0: It's like a trained skill almost. You have to listen to yourself and figure out what's too much, what more you can put into it.
2: Yeah. You have to be just very aware of yourself your situation and and also just like how you're acting sometimes like we don't pay attention enough about how we are acting in a certain situation or just being ourselves I could be the most outgoing person you know at 1 p.m but then at 6 p.m you know a lot of lesson students are coming in and I could be I could just be a total downer and sometimes we don't realize that and it's like oh no I need to make this a good space for everybody I need to not be a downer
0: (laughs) Yeah. I feel like as women, we're more attuned to how we present ourselves in different situations mm-hmm. because you don't want people to think that you're rude or not nice because you're
2: drained or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. I find it a little bit sad that we need to be like that yeah. all the time. We have to be aware of ourselves. But honestly, I'm glad I am self-aware. <laughs> so, so important to be self-aware. It It really is. As hard as it is sometimes
0: to like come to terms with it, it is important because if you're not, then I don't know what would happen. (laughs) Yeah. So we're similar in age and I've been having this conversation recently and I think it's again, another important one, but... I feel like the conversation about working intergenerationally has become more prevalent because it's now Gen X and millennials and Gen Z all working together at the same time and everyone works very differently and it can be a challenge. So have you seen this as a challenge in your day-to-day, especially because you started as a store manager so young? It was definitely a
2: challenge at first. But actually, I love it. I just love any opportunity for somebody to learn something new. Mm. So we have people on the sales floor from 70-something to 20-something and everything in between. And all the time, I'm like, teach me about this old artist that you're talking about. Back in the day, tell me some of those stories. Mm -hmm. And I love listening to stories about that about when they used to play concerts, gigs, and stuff. It's amazing. My one coworker, he is a lot older. He has a flip phone and everything, but he has never actually worked a, a tablet by himself, like an iPad or a tablet. Wow. Yeah. And it was always something that he closed himself off to, like, no, I can't do that. I can't. And then one day... One of our vendor reps was in, he was doing some training on some product and there was a quiz at the end. And of course the quiz was a QR code, so we all scanned it. And then there was him and he was like, what do I do? (laughs) (laughs) Like, what do you want me to do? And then so I was like, oh, here. And then I swiped the iPad from our mixer that we play music off of in the store Mm. during the day. I swiped the iPad. I scanned the QR code for him, and I was like, "Here you go." And I just handed to him, and waited for him to do something. <laughs> so, and he was like, "I I've never worked this before." I'm like, "Oh, okay, this is what you're gonna do." And I guided him through it, and he was like, "This this is so easy. Why have I never done this before?" <laughs> and it was like, "It's so simple." And it was just typing in, you know, his name and everything, and clicking some dots for the quiz, but. It's amazing. All the generations will have something that they go, I can't with. And that is just an opportunity to just make it, no, you can. This is how. And I love working with that. I think it's amazing. Now, are there challenges? Of course, there's going to be some road bumps and some people grumbling along the way, but I just think it's amazing.
0: And you were also hired for social media purposes Mm -hmm. as well. So you're coming in with a whole skill set that. Was clearly needed, but someone of an older generation is not necessarily going to be totally up on. But I have to talk to you about how you've done the social media with Brighton because, especially on TikTok, you've gone viral as a music store. Like you've gone viral, and I think that's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) A couple times, it's it's, it's fun. (laughs) How has that helped, like, bring awareness to your store?
2: I think it's really neat, and I'm still only catching a little bit of it, of what I hear in the community closer to us. So basically, in the summer of 2020, I did a video of, here are all these options for Masks for flutes on a TikTok, and then it blew up. It got like 400,000 views in like two days. So, oh my God. yeah, it's and I was like, wow, this is weird. And then I did more, and then we started doing just a little bit of online sales with those videos, just like little bits here and there. And I was like, cool, okay, this is interesting. I still didn't know the direction of these videos were. I would literally just get a thought and go, I'm gonna make a video out of that. Boop, post it same day. No, I feel like that's every TikTok marketing strategy (laughs) at the moment. No planning whatsoever. And so, as we go forward, and as I started showing my face more and doing more like talking videos, and then had a couple more videos blow up, I started seeing comments going, Hey, I just got my trumpet from you today. And it's like a fourth grader on TikTok. Like, okay, sure, but hey. (laughs) i just rented my trumpet from you that's amazing and that's so cool because it's really hard to target a small area or just like a region specifically on that app but for it to just populate into people's pages that actually interact with us it's so cool it's really cool that's amazing
0: Going back to the intergenerational thing, but have you gotten any pushback from your bosses? Have you had that challenge on like what you post?
2: Um, Not really. I just go, hey, I have an idea for a funny video. Look at it. And they go, that's great. <laughs> they post it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, they basically have just trusted me with a lot of that stuff. Like, nope, you know, the voice that you're putting out. That makes sense. Cool. So cool. So now, as of recently, I've started playing around with like identities more like on that app. And fun fact, I'm going to be doing a session on this at the name show. And just a little teaser for us. It's about the identity of what you make these videos on, because sure, I can post a video of just doing a silhouette of a trumpet or look at this saxophone or, hey, check out this guitar. And it's like just that and some music behind it. That's kind of boring. But if I play into the personality, like my most recent one that kind of blew up was me acting on my impulsive thoughts. And it's me just looking at a reed and breaking it. That's the identity of a band kid.
0: No, that broke me. (laughs) The one that broke me the most was the stick through the drum head. I was like,
2: no. I had the dullest stick. The, The drum was super detuned. And so I was just sitting there on the back workbench, just stabbing it aggressively waiting for it to go. And yeah, no, that took a few times. But yeah, it, it's just the identity of a band kid. Like this is what goes through my mind. I know this is what goes through other people's minds and they all react. They relate to it. And then you go forward and then you go, hey, you know what can replace all this stuff? Stuff here at Brain Music Center. <laughs> Boom. Yep. No, come buy some new reads.
0: Wait, can you plug when your session is?
2: Oh, yes. So I believe it is Thursday. So it's day one of the Nam show at 4.30 in the Idea Center. Amazing. So, yeah. Yay.
0: I love that. It is really fascinating to see how TikTok has kind of influenced our consumer habits and all that stuff. But you're getting like an inside look into different, like you said, identities, but the people behind the businesses, And I think that's really interesting too, because it makes it more relatable and more personable. Absolutely. So like if someone sees like your face pop up on their for you page, it's Jen from Brand Music. I'm going to go see her in the store or something. They'll have an affiliation, which
2: is really cool. I've even gotten some comments, like especially in the summer where kids will go, hey, I know you from the Drum Major Academy on a Verily viral video. And I go, Yeah, what location were you at? And they were like, Cuts down, Pennsylvania. <laughs> and I go, oh, Wow. Oh my gosh. You taught me how to salute. I love that. Yeah, that's so cool. And I think that's just a really, really important thing for any business to do is to have your people be the face of the store. That is your most prominent thing. That's what is going to bring people in, that's going to bring people around. To what you're trying to do and the message you're trying to give, I know that that's Brighton Music's number one strength overall is like the people that we have. They're all great. That's amazing. So why not show them off? As long as they say yes, whenever I stick my phone in their face and go, "Can I take a photo of you?" Um,
0: <laughs> another one of my favorite videos of you was the corn. <laughs> is it, did you do the with the corn song? You did the cello corn.
2: Yep. No, French it's corn. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, what a bop. I love that song. Yeah. And honestly, that was just the thing that I thought of. I was probably like sleeping at night, scrolling on TikTok, and then going, oh wow, corn. Horn. I can do this with a French horn. Made it the next day, posted it, and there we go. Bunch of views. (laughs) It's so simple. (laughs) I love that. Oh, it's so cool. So
0: one final question. What advice do you have for? future young leaders, women in
2: the industry? I would say there is a lot of advice that I could give about like, don't be afraid to do this. Don't be afraid to do that. But I would say definitely don't ever forget the impact that you have on others, whether Mm -hmm. it's good or bad, because, so let's say you can have a bad impact on somebody you have to be self-aware of that. So that way you can go forward in that situation, right? Either try to mend the relationship or move on and go, okay, I will personally do better next time. Mm. We always tend to focus on that kind of situation with people in relationships. And especially as women, we should also not forget to realize the good impact because women, we're naturally... We, we want to take care of other people. Totally. We're not you know super focused on ourselves. We want to take care of other people and make sure everybody's fine around us. And then sometimes life goes on and you forget about one situation, but just know that you've made an impact on somebody and they'll remember you probably for the rest of their lives. There's at least one person mm-hmm. out there like that. And I have a really great story to tell about this. So in high school... I was drum major of the band, the leader in everything. It gets to senior year. I'm graduating. At graduation, an eighth eighth or ninth grader walks up to me. She played baritone in the marching band. And she hands me a note. She says, happy graduation. You know, I'm going to miss you next year. And I don't read the note right then and there. I think her. I hug her. And then we move on with the rest of the night. I go home that night and I open up this note. And it's a lovely long note, just going, thank you so much for helping me throughout the year and telling me to hold my horn up because man, that baritone was hard to hold. (laughs) And thank you so much for pushing me along the way. I cried that night (laughs) (laughs) and I was like, wow, so endearing. And that was just an amazing moment. Time goes on. I'm now in college band, drum major in college And it was my last year of marching band. We had our little banquet that we do as a wrap up. And then they had all of these um, posters that people sign for the seniors and they can write little messages and stuff. You know, I don't remember reading all of them then and there, but of course I put all the stuff from college in a box away. Years later down the road, I open it up and I look at this poster and somebody wrote, Jen, thank you so much for making marching band feel like home. And I cried. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Tears Tears were shed. shed. And I will never forget, you know, anybody that I had those memories with. And I knew that person and they weren't in my day-to-day close personal circle. But obviously, like I made an impact on them at some point or another to make that year feel special to them, whether they were a freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, who knows? Amazing. Years later down the road, it keeps on going. This baritone girl from high school, I messaged her one day and I'm like, hey, you work in a hair salon. I want to get my hair done for you. Now she is my hairstylist. 10 years later. Oh my God. And I obviously remembered her and I'm like, you're a great human. I'm, I'm so glad to see that you are now in a profession that you love. It's just really cool. The people that you make an impact along the way, even though in that moment, you may part ways for years and years and years. But it'll come back around, totally. you know, it'll come back around full circle. Here we are. And it's just a great thing to reflect upon yourself because it's like, you know that you're doing some good in other people's lives.
0: Oh, I love that. What a full circle
2: moment. It is. And I actually have an appointment with her in the next couple of weeks.
0: <laughs> oh, That's amazing advice because it's true. You don't know the impact that you're going to have on someone until like they tell you, mm-hmm. even if they don't tell you just knowing that like you could be an influence and inspiration to someone else is cool. Absolutely. Well, Jen, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast and sharing your wisdom. And I'm so thrilled that you were able to do
2: yeah, this. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. You're I love talking about this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Uh. Thank you. Yes. And anybody who's listening to this, tell more people to listen to it. Woohoo. Thanks, Jen. <laughs>
0: You're Thanks for listening to this episode of Revoicing the Future. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major streaming platforms or visit our website. Be sure to follow us on social media to stay up to date on all things Women of Nam. This episode was co-produced and edited by Natalie Morrison, Stephanie LeBond, and Julia Olson. Together, we can help shape the future of our industry one interval at a time. See you next time.